Good morning and welcome. You are tuned in and listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. I am your host. My name is Sharona. Happy Hump Day. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. We didn't get an opportunity to do a podcast last week um, for a variety of reasons. I was busy writing. We had some technical issues. Hey, what's new, right? Um, but this week, we are going to be back to a two-podcast-per-week schedule. We've got a big show today. I'm very excited to bring you guys uh, my chat with my cohort over at Inside the Pylon, Justin Twell. He is, he right now he's an Aussie from the land down under, uh, but he is originally from Great Britain. We had a great chat on Monday night talking about a variety of things. The battle of the accents, A, eh? because as you guys know, um, I have the southern accent thing going. But we talked about a variety of things. We talked about football down under a little bit. We talked about the Vikings defense. Justin took a look at their defense, their linebackers. Uh, we talked about what's wrong with the Packers' offense. Are we finally seeing what Sam Bradford can do? And then your week three picks um, in, in the final portion of that uh, chit-chat. First up, though, is going to be uh, we're going to talk about Katie Nolan, Bart Hubbock, and Twitter trolls again. This is something, this is a topic that we talk about a lot here on this show and how we utilize social media, how we utilize Twitter. And I've frankly had missed all the brouhaha yesterday. In the final 30 minutes of the show, we're going to, uh, hopefully we'll go 30 minutes. We'll see how that goes. But we're going to talk about um, what feels like, I need to look it up and see, but what feels like a record-setting day yesterday with six, count them, six top killings um, against unarmed citizens. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about Lecrae's tweet, which I thought was, was brilliant. Um, we've talked about Colin Kaepernick on this show and uh, the pro- uh, protest. The um, I don't know that I, I completely agree with the word protest. I think it's more of a um, call to action from from Colin Kaepernick and from a lot of these other athletes who are taking a knee or raising a fist, whatever, you know, to bring awareness to the fact that we've got a problem in this country and it needs to be corrected. We've got to do something about it. Um, so we'll talk about that in, in the final 30 minutes. But first, um, and, and we may have to circle back around, depending on how much time we have. But first, let's talk about Katie Nolan, Bart Hubbock, and, and Twitter trolls. I, I had missed all the brouhaha. Uh, surrounding Bart Hubbock and uh, I listen I have a love-hate relationship or had a love-hate relationship with Hubbock for a long long time I I followed him on Twitter Uh, he he says some things that I don't agree with I I unfollowed I followed again and I unfollowed then yesterday it's so funny because yesterday I actually ended up following him again and the tweet that we're about to talk about as far as Hubbock is concerned was fairly innocuous. Uh, He said, and I'm probably going to paraphrase poorly, but he says something to the effect of um, color me shocked that the Patriots had never drafted a black quarterback. And, um, you know, I mean, okay, they haven't, you know, Uh, it's, you know, it's certainly worth mentioning that they might not be, there might be what one other team, maybe, in the National Football League that um, has never featured a black quarterback, has never used a black quarterback. I think that's noteworthy. That's something we should be talking about, Um, especially when you see the criticism 
of Colin Kaepernick and, and and all of that. Well, and I didn't know this because I don't follow, I don't pay attention to her. Um, but apparently, Katie Nolan took exception to that tweet. I I did not. I guess she's a Boston fan, a Boston sports fan. I didn't know that either. Again, I don't really pay attention to her. So, um, but you know, it it and, and so when I woke up this morning, I saw that. Um, Someone said that he he had been that Bart Hubbock had been run off of Twitter, and uh, it looks like he actually may have lost his job, which is completely and utterly shameful. Um, we'll get to that in a, in in a moment. But I missed all the brouhaha yesterday. I didn't know that Katie Nolan had taken to Twitter and uh, really harassed him about that tweet. And um, as you know, as it always happens, you know, fans of hers. Did, did it as well and it became a twitter mob it became a twitter mob against a sports reporter who was hounded off of twitter and possibly lost his job if you're not concerned about that if you're not offended by that you should be because it's wrong i would say that um you know that katie nolan should have shame about it but she clearly has no shame um and that was made clear to me early on listen I gave her a chance I know I'm not her target audience that's fine and and it bothers me that I'm talking about this because I'm very much a live and let live kind of person I don't like to call anybody out that's not who I am um you know I Bart Hubbig is is but listen here's the thing Katie Nolan is a troll she is completely and utterly a troll her entire network it's nothing but a bunch of trolls. Every day, in and out, all the time, Fox Sports is saying something trollish. Far worse than what Bart Hubbock had to say yesterday. And and yet, he's the one who's getting harassed off of Twitter and possibly losing his job. And I am offended by that. I'm offended by it. It's wrong. For her to call out anyone for being a troll to me is just the the very height of hypocrisy. You know, you can disagree with someone; that's fine. But how you how you disagree with them says everything about you. And I definitely disagree with how this was handled, particularly when you look at what Fox Sports does. You you listen, Nolan. Your network is nothing nothing but a bunch of trolls. You profit off of that. You you have a job because of that. How dare you do this to somebody else? How dare you? Uh, yes, it offends me. I'm mad about it. And I you know what? I don't even like defending Bart Hubbard because again, he said some things. This isn't even the worst thing that he said. You know, <laughs> it's not even the worst thing that he said. And, and I don't like being put in the position of having to defend him, but I think that this is completely wrong. I think especially if he lost his job over it, it's it's wrong. Um, so, yeah, disagreement is healthy. Look, I am not saying you shouldn't disagree with someone. You can take, a, you know, take, take issue to the tweet. I mean, it, it certainly has some truth to it, right? I mean – it certainly there's some truth there we we should be able to talk about that we should be able to talk about the fact that it's still hard to be a black quarterback in the national football league conversation that that needs discussed i don't care if you're a new england patriots fan and you took issue to that i i, I don't 
it's something that we should talk about. Maybe there are reasons. I mean, I know that Tom Brady has been um, remarkably healthy, you know, for, for the most part. He did miss the one season and, you know, it has, has been dinged up. But um, and, and he's been their franchise quarterback for a while. But this is something that we should talk. These are things that we should talk about. Disagreement is, is a healthy thing. Having an open dialogue is a healthy thing. And we should not allow Twitter mobs to run people. We're not talking about targeted abuse, right? That was targeted abuse. What happened, what Nolan and her people did is targeted abuse. Okay? Now, that shouldn't happen. You can disagree with someone. That's fine. But how you disagree with them, again, says everything there is to say about you. And um, it it really does bother me that, that this happened. It bothers me I'm having to defend Bart Hubbock. It bothers me that we are, that we live in a society where, um, you know, it, Colin Kaepernick, can try to raise awareness about an issue and the you know it's the method and not the message and that's that that is what we're talking about again it's um you know it's railing against the message instead you know against the messenger and, and not the message and it's you know it's wrong it bothers me um you know it it's it's something that i think that we need to do a better job about when we're talking about, you know, interacting with one another um, on, on social media. It reminds me, I've been meaning to write about this. I haven't had on my website, I haven't had a chance. But I had a conversation with someone last, uh, a couple of weeks ago, roughly, and we were talking about, um, it was another female sports fan, another woman who is a sports fan. And um, she had been given an opportunity to, to um, write about sports and she turned it down and she said, I just couldn't deal with what you have to deal with day in and day out with, you know, people, um, you know, trolling you and saying awful things about and to you. And um, when, when social media websites like Twitter allow that, that's not freedom and freedom of speech is supposed to be a a governmental thing, but it's not promoting open dialogue. It is very much the opposite of that. It has a open dialogue because you're preventing people from, you know, targeted abuse prevents people from utilizing your service and you've got to do a better job about it. Um, And and what happened, I I completely disagree with, with what happened there. So we'll take another quick break. When we come back, the battle of the accents, We'll talk about um, the Minnesota Vikings defense. We'll talk about what's wrong with the Green Bay Packers. Their offense is, it hasn't been right for a while. We'll get Justin Twell's thoughts on that. So stay tuned in. You are listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. All right, welcome back. As promised, I'm joined now by uh, one of my co-workers at Inside the Pylon. He is um, 
an Aussie from down under. I'll let him. I think that I know how to pronounce his last name. It's Justin Twell. Am I right, Justin? Yeah, you got that part right. Um, I'm not actually Australian. I'm English, but I... Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, I guess I associated you with the Aussie um, guys from the NFL. Are you familiar with them? Do you interact with them much? Yeah, I do. Um, I've been on their show a couple of times. I thought um, so. I thought that's how you and I actually um, met initially outside of Inside the Pylon. Yeah, I heard you. I know you was on their show. Yeah. Um, I think in the Titans preview a few months ago. Yeah. And um, I'm in some fantasy leagues with those guys as well. And um, yeah, Great guys. For the last few years. So, yeah, really great guys. Yeah, they are great guys. So you're from, you live in... Um, across the pond, so to speak. I had a conversation with Adam Barlow, who's a soccer guy and also a football uh, fan as well. He um, has been a regular guest on this show, and he lives in... He informed me that the correct way to say it is Great Britain, um, that England is kind of like the country. Great Britain encompasses the whole uh, sort of British empire. Yeah, uh, or you could say United Kingdom, which is one that that I I generally say a lot myself. Okay. But um, yeah, that encompasses you know, England, Scotland, Wales, and, and and Ireland as well. So what part? I'm uh, from, I'm, a, I'm actually from London myself. Okay. Um, and I've been living here for about eight years now. Now where is here? Oh yes. Um, to be more specific, um, I live in Brisbane, which is um, it's about an hour and a half flight sort of north of. Uh, Sydney, so we're, okay. we're just on the cusp of um, Queensland and New South Wales on the east coast of Australia. Well, I love your accent. I could talk to you forever. Um, it's so great. It's, it's funny because, uh, uh, you know, when I was a bit younger, I did a lot of traveling over the States, and um, yeah, that was a comment I used to get a lot. And I bet. Of, um, I know a lot of the, uh, lot of the Americans there, um, they tend to like, they tend to prefer the sort of southern English accent rather than um, some of the some of the northern accents, which are a lot different to, and people speak a lot differently up yes, there to the way do. that I do. So they're very um, burrish. Yeah. It's really kind of hard for Americans to to pick that up. Yeah, but I, I find that um, you know American people uh, they've they've never had a problem understanding you know me or, or anybody in my family. So um, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's a comment that I'm used to. So. Oh yeah. And it's always nice to hear. Well, it's interesting because I love the Fiends boys, um, Rafe and um, his brother, whose name escapes me at the moment. And one of them, it may have been Rafe, I think, who was in, was it the English Patient? Or um, it was a really, uh, it was an Oscar-nominated film. It was a really good film. But I had some difficulty early on, you know, acclimating myself to to his accent, and I run into that because I have, as you can tell, a very southern accent because I'm from the south, and um, that's not the only place that I've lived, really, is, is in the south. So, well, it's such a pleasure to have you on, and um, so we've, we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, who, where you live. How did, um, did you play sports in, in when you were living in the United Kingdom? Yeah, I mean, growing up, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the times, you know, you sort of grew up really playing um, soccer, right. um, cricket. Mm-hmm. Cricket was another one. 
um, a lot of athletic sports, sort of long distance running and um, some of that track and field stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and me and my friends, actually, um, we used to play um, sort of touch football. So oh, okay. um, we'd be out on the school field and, you know, you know, we'd have guys lining up as wide receivers and we'd get all, we'd get all the formations set. And then um, we had our own rules where, you know, you had to sort of, once you wrapped your arms around someone, then, then the play stops. And um, I've got really fond memories of, of doing that. And that was way back in the early 90s when, um, you know, soccer was all the rage. And, right. And like I say, cricket and, and rugby as well. But um, a, a lot of my friends managed to jump on um, the NFL bandwagon a little bit. And, um, yeah, we, we used to play in the school field, so that was a lot of fun too. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting how many, uh, you know, of course the NFL is seems like they're committed to, to pitting a, a team overseas and they've had London games and all of that. But, you know, the sport is... Um, I was surprised, you know, how at, at the popularity. I, I wonder about long-term sustainability. But, um, but it's, did, now, did you have a favorite football player growing up? Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and I, and okay. I have been. Um, so you got a I've big been, game tonight, eh? Oh, I can't wait. In a few hours from now, so yeah, uh, Monday night football versus the Eagles, and um, yeah, it's going to be a good game. But um. I am. Um, I grew up um, when I first got into the NFL. I was a New York Giants fan, so oh, okay. you know, uh, around the sort of um, you know Phil Simms was quarterback, and they had right. Lawrence Taylor, um, and and probably my favorite, my very first favorite player was um, he was a running back playing for the Giants at the time, Joe Morris. Yeah. Um, he, he he just I just loved him. He was very small. He was very sort of a scat back type, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, he was racking up thousand yards and. Um, I really enjoyed watching him. And then um, after about two years or so, my dad was a Bears fan and he kind of... Um, he, kind he converted of you. Well, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say see the light because uh, ever since then, you know, the Giants have won, I think, three Super Bowls. And the Bears <laughs> yeah. <have won> <laughs> yeah. I'll never um, forget that 2007 season. That was pretty amazing. Oh, I, I, I'll never forget that. Um, yeah. You know, just um, it was funny. I was living in I was living in the UK at the time, and um, the, the game was on at one o'clock in the morning. And um, I'll always remember that the, the Colts kicking off, uh, kicking off the Super Bowl, and, and and Devin Hester runs back for the touchdown, as mm-hmm. most people know. Um, and because it was one o'clock in the morning, and my mum and my sister are sleeping upstairs, um, it was very very difficult for me not to scream the house down um, <laughs> while they were asleep. But, um, yeah, it was a great season. Obviously didn't finish the way right. that I had hoped. But, um, yeah, a, a great season. And, um, yeah, I'm waiting for another similar one like that still. It's I've always um, <clears throat> kind of followed Devin Hester, uh, not just because he's a great player, obviously a great return specialist. And you, know, you kind of saw his receiving skills in Atlanta, but also because of um, sort of a little um, side note on, on Titans history, and if you know anything about the Titans, um, once they came to to Tennessee to Nashville, they um, they had Floyd Reese and Jeff Fisher as the the top men there. Floyd Reese being the general manager, and of course Fisher being the the head coach, and there became there was an infamous um, divide between them, um, the split that developed, and it 
had already started, but the year that they drafted, um, the Titans drafted Lindale White, Floyd Reese was actually on the telephone with Devin Hester getting ready to draft him, and <clears throat> Jeff Fisher pulled rank, and so, and so the Titans ended up with with Lindale White, which is kind of has always been interesting to me, and um, and you know Devin Hester will, I think in in my opinion he'll definitely end up in the Hall of Fame as as return specialist. Yeah, I think so, and um, yeah, I, di- I didn't know about that actually. I yeah. I do remember um, some of the, the Titan stuff that was going on with Jeff Fisher. I know when they got to the Super Bowl and uh, you know that agonizing loss to the yeah. to the Rams at the end there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I won't go too much into that, but um, yeah, the, the Titans were, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL around that time, and yeah. then it sort of, um, it all really sort of seemed to collapse pretty quickly from from memory. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and they yeah, were, yeah, they were strong actually. up until about the 2004 season, and then it started. They had a bunch of injuries, and the salary cap really caught up with them. But yeah. Yeah, and they obviously had the issues with Vince Young, yeah. and um, yeah, just yeah. a lot of things going on, and, and right. it's been a bit of a shame because um, I know the Titans originally, you know, come from you know you Houston. go way back to the Houston mm-hmm. Oilers days, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and they were one of the first teams that I I remember watching back in the late '80s, and I, I really used to enjoy the Houston Oilers, and yeah. I've been on Twitter a few times. The I Love You Blue era it. was great. Yeah, it was awesome, and yeah. I, I love the Oilers, and. Um, I kind of miss them, you know, in the NFL these days, but, you know, that's just the way it's been. Um, and, um, yeah, but it's the Titans are very – the Titans intrigue me, actually, this year. I've been thinking about sort of mentioning that uh, with you, Sharona. Um, a, a team that um, – I was watching the game against the Lions yeah. yesterday. Oh, and, how uh, ugly was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very ugly. Yeah. There, there seemed to be a flag on every other play. It was ridiculous. Um, and there were some really sort of suspect calls in that game, yeah. but um, – the, the Titans really intrigue me, um, particularly <clears throat> on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I enjoy watching them actually. Yeah, uh, it's um, a lot easier. I, I was trying to think the most diplomatic way to put it. I was not a fan of the Ken Wisenhunt hire. Everybody who listens to this show knows that, so that's not a big shot to anybody. And um, during his tenure, they were not fun to watch at all. Um, you know, and they have been. They're they're a lot more fun to watch now. And you know, having a, a young, exciting quarterback and Marcus Mariota, and he's having some second year struggles. You know, um, mm. it's and so is Jameis Winston. It you know, listen, it's not uncommon. You know, these guys come into the league, and we've seen it over and over and over again. Their first year, there's no tape on them. There's no film. They're a lot of times improvising. It's all new, and um, during the off season, teams gather film and they study them. And you know, second years can be um, fans are going to need a lot of patience, I think, with with this offense. But there's a lot to like there. We're we're not going to talk too much about the Titans. I could talk about them, as you probably know, Justin all day. I want to ask you. Um, we will talk about the Titans a little bit because I want to ask you, I know that you've written several really good articles for Inside the Pylon, and, and one of them concerned the the Vikings and their linebackers. And I want to ask you, how good do you think the Vikings' defense is? Because in my opinion, I think they're probably top three right now. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, they're just... 
I was watching that game against the Packers, um, you know, in that Sunday night football game, and they just shut down the Packers' offense. They 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 could really bring pressure from uh, the pressure from the middle, from the outside. I think they sacked Rogers, I think five, maybe six times. Um, but those linebackers, they they they're just they're so good at disguising what they're going to do. Um, you know, particularly Kendricks and uh, mm-hmm. and Barr. You know, they can play inside outside. Um, you know, they're very good in. You know, they can they can pick up those sort of short to intermediate routes and uh, you know and play the run. Um, pressure the quarterback. I mean, they can pretty much do it all. But the the Vikings defense is one that um, it's probably a little bit maybe underrated over the last couple of years. But I think now people are starting to take a bit of notice. Yeah. And um, you know, when you look at, when you look at each positional group, um, you know they've got a star in at, at every level. You know, mm-hmm. on the on the line, defensive line, they've got uh, Griffin and and Joseph. That mm-hmm. are, you know, great players. Yeah, you know, as I mentioned, Barr and Kendricks behind mm-hmm. them, and then you've got, uh, you know, you've got uh, Harrison Smith in the back end. So mm-hmm. um, that defense is just this season. That defense is, I feel like it's going to win them some games, as, yeah. you know, pretty similar as to how they did in Week One. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they'll continue to do that. They they were great against the Packers, great against the Packers, and um, you know that, that's enough for me personally to to sort of um, anoint them a top three defense and. It, it kind of hurts a little bit because we're in the Bears division, so mm-hmm. a little bit of a rival. But, yeah. but I, I yeah. have to respect that. I have to respect them. And, um, sure. you know, what Mike Zim is doing there is doing a great job. And, and, and that defense is, is going to be one of the very best mm-hmm. this season, I feel. You read a, a really great artic- article about Jordy Nelson. I want to ask you about the Packers' offense because, and I agree with you. I mean, the the Minnesota Vikings' defense is good. Not to take anything away from them whatsoever, their defense is good. But to me, the Packers' offense really hasn't been up to Packer standards for a couple of seasons now. Yeah, they just. I was watching. I was watching yesterday. Like I said, the, that Packers Vikings game, and uh, it's it's really odd to me that you know they're just not. They just don't seem to be clicking. There's just something missing there. I feel um, Nelson's obviously back is is, is a big help. And, yeah. Uh, I don't think he's quite back to what we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to. Um, he, he's not he doesn't get out of his breaks like he out. used to. He really doesn't. Yeah. He. He doesn't run those vertical routes like he did sort of uh, in 2014 just mm-hmm. yet. I just wonder if uh, they're, they're being a bit patient um, with him and, and giving him a bit of time to, to really get going. As you now maybe by week four and five, um, we'll see him start to stretch defenses out a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, he, he had a nice game uh, yesterday, but uh, not quite the Geordie that we all know just yet. But it's it's good for, for the Packers to have him out there. But... I I think the biggest weakness of the Packers and and is the offensive line. Yeah. Um, yesterday they was just all over the place and the Vikings were able to sort of take advantage and and when you get pressure on Rodgers, you know it it can sort of throw him off a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just the scheme isn't right to me. Um, mm-hmm. it, even on the defensive side, you know they just they couldn't adjust to what Stefan Disc did. <laughs> Stefan Diggs was doing. Mm-mm. Um. You know, I felt I felt the defense was going to be better for them this year. I, I did too. I was surprised. I, I I completely agree. Yeah, I was I was a bit. I think the Packers defense will be better as the season goes on. I think they'll get better. Um, but but the offense just there's just something not clicking. They they didn't really sort of stick to the run yesterday. Um, and and Rogers seems to sort of. 
sometimes it, it, it almost seems like he's trying to go for the for the big play mm-hmm. um, on every snap. And I guess with someone like Jordy Nelson, it's it's easy to do that. Um, and you know, they did have a bit of a plan to you know they threw a lot towards Trey Waynes, who mm-hmm. um, generally was lined up with Jordy Nelson at right. times. They matched him up with um, Devontae Adams, but. Um, and, and Aaron Rodgers went after him a lot early, and um, th- there was some success there yeah. because uh, Waynes was, you know, penalised a couple of times, and obviously that helps you move the ball a little bit. Yeah. But um, and he's a young uh, player, you know, he's filling in um, a guy who was drafted pretty high. The first game against the Titans, um, I, there was a lot of positive there. I thought he made some really nice plays, particularly in in the run in their run defense. But, yeah, he, he definitely struggled against the Packers' offense. Yeah. He, he Until that bit. final interception, right? <laughs> I was going to say, he uh, he certainly got the last laugh uh, yeah. in that game, which pretty much sealed it for the Vikings. But but the Packers' offense, is just, there's just something not right. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the offensive line is, has always been a bit of an issue with, mm-hmm. with them. Um, and I think um, that was the case. Uh, in yesterday's game, you know, they they really struggled to protect Rodgers. Um, you know, I think, like I said, the Vikings had about five sacks. So, um, just something not clicking with the Packers. They got some problems I need to work out. But but I think it'll come. I think it'll come good. And um, you know, I think as Rodgers says, you know, R E L A X, and I think they'll uh, they'll be there or thereabouts come season's end anyway. Yeah, it's you know it's interesting. I, I want to ask you about Sam Bradford, but before we leave the Packers offense. Uh, as I was watching the game last night and, and watching Twitter, and you mentioned Devontae Adams, who was a guy that I was really high on a couple of years ago. He hasn't fulfilled his potential. I mean, they do have Jordy Nelson. He's back, and, you know, um, the the things that you mentioned are, are legit and spot on. Of course, uh, Randall Cobb's a, a nice player, too. But, you know, where is that third guy, and who's going to be that third guy, and you know, maybe it was Devontae Adams that we thought that for a while. Jeff Janis, he's been uh, Aberdamus or Aberdavis. I forget how what, what his last name is, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> he's another young guy that's not that really hasn't stepped up. You know, they signed um, uh, Jared Cook, uh, a tight end that I'm familiar with, and um, they've got Richard Rodgers. A guy who's shown some flashes, but um, outside of really outside of you know Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, who, who is it? Yeah, and there's nobody else. Uh, you know, they got Ty Montgomery back as well. Yes, he, Ty Montgomery. Yeah, he, he looked pretty good. Sort of the, the first part of last year, he started quite well until unfortunately he got injured. But um, yeah, you're right. I, I think you know the, the Packers like to do a lot of you know, three wide receiver, four wide receiver sets sometimes from what I've seen. Um, you know, and they do need that. They just need that, that number three guy who can come in and be really solid for them. Um, I, I thought Adams was okay yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he was targeted a few times and, um, you know, he had a, one or two drops. Um, He's so frustrating. And this is the thing that yeah, frustrates yeah. me about him is he will drop a routine pass like it's a hot potato and then he'll make a spectacular Catch that you're like, how in the world did he do that? And but you know, it's the routine stuff that he just is so inconsistent at that just frustrates me. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, I can imagine Packers fans especially being really frustrated by him because you know the talent I think is there, um, and, and I think he can be 
um, a very good number three guy if he can just step up. I mean, last season he was asked to sort of step up into sort of a, a number two role um, with with Nelson's injury, and you know he really didn't seem to um, step up. You know, last year, but as a number for, as a solid number three guy, he can be, but it's it's just frustrating. Is yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to see where he's gonna, you know, what his ceiling is, and um, you know, I guess we'll see more as the season progresses and see how he goes. I think it will be very interesting because, um, you know, like you, I, I thought the Packers defense was going to be much better, and we we're not quite seeing that yet. They have so much talent. Um, on that side of the football too, and you know, already the rumblings are starting um, with Mike McCarthy, and and they've always they've rumbled about Dom Capers for a while now. Trust me, um, I follow the Packers pretty, and I'm sure that you do too. And you know, it's uh, it, it will be interesting if they don't. I think that they really need to make a deep playoff run this year. Yeah, I think the, I think the Packers defense yesterday. Wasn't too bad. I mean, they they got good pressure on Bradford, um, who we'll, we'll talk about in a second. But yeah, I I, I felt they, they they managed to pressure Bradford um, fairly well, and obviously they, they they did a great job of stopping the run. But um, I, I still think that defense can get better, and mm. um, I, I I would expect it to get better, um, you know, as the season progresses mm. for them. Yeah. Speaking of which, are we finally seeing what Sam Bradford can do? Um, you know, he's he's it looks like he's healthy, um, and it's been, you know, maybe a little bit of an overworked storyline. But this might be the best team he's ever played on. I think it is. Um, I, 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 I would say it is at this point. Um, you know, he's got the defense there, um, as we've discussed already. That's going to be very elite this year. Um, Bradford, I, I don't know. It's 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 hard with Bradford. I mean, he had a great game yesterday. He he was really, um, you know, he was getting the ball out well. I mean, even though he did get pressured and he got sacked a few times, um, you know, he just got straight back up and, mm-hmm. you know, was pinging the ball around quite well. You know, you know, he's got a good release. He can throw the ball deep. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs was obviously, you know, he had mm-hmm. this instant connection with Diggs straight away. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he made a, nice, a few nice throws to Kyle Rudolph, you know, who might. Yeah, actually, yeah. he did, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and Rudolph. Um, you know, he, he's a good tight end who can get down the seam and, mm-hmm. and, and make some sort of big plays down there. And, uh, yeah, look, I can't fault Bradford for yesterday. He he was excellent. Um, you know, one of the better performances we saw in week two yeah. so far. So um, we'll, we'll see how he goes. I mean, um, you know, the, the, the Adrian Peterson injury hurts them, obviously. Um, but I think, I, think, uh, I think Bradford will... You know, I think he'll have a good year. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty. I think if he can stay healthy, and of course, losing Adrian Peterson for maybe a game or two, you know, that might hurt. We'll see what they do. Uh, Matt Asiata is a, a guy who'll get some goal line carries, I would think, and um, Jarrett McKinnon is a you know a little speedy guy that I've always really kind of liked and have. Last year, I took some some looks at him in, in fantasy. I kind of stayed away this year, um, but it will be interesting to see how you know to see how that situation does play out. And hopefully, you know, Peterson won't be out too long. Yeah, I think they. Um, I've heard news. Um, well, I say this morning because it's this morning here in Australia. But <laughs> right, right. I, I've heard news that he's a, he's got a torn meniscus. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on how they're gonna 
sort of look to fix that, whether they'll partially fix it or, or mm-hmm. fully fix it will depend on how long he's out for. But yeah. I think just going back to Bradford, I think he's got a big test coming up this week. They got, they play the Panthers so mm-hmm. against that defence. So I think we're really going to know um, yeah. what Sam Bradford is about this year and, and, and what he can do for this Vikings team this year in that game. Um, I know it's only week three, you can say that, but um, look... He should come in. He should go into that game with a lot of confidence. He had a very good game yeah, against the Packers. So um, I'll be watching him quite closely as the season goes on. And um, I think he's the key to to seeing where the Vikings can go, obviously, with the Bridgewater injury. And everyone was you know, sort of freaking out and thinking that might be it for the Vikings season. But but I don't think so. I think the Vikings, um, I think the Vikings will make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I picked them to make the playoffs. I picked Mike Zimmer to win Coach of the Year. Um, so far, looking looking pretty good on that. I'm, ta- I'm talking, by the way, with Justin Twell, who is one of my uh, compatriots over at Inside the Pylon. We're going to turn to uh, the NFL schedule week three, get some picks out of Justin, and then we'll let him go because I know he wants to get ready for this big Monday night football game between the Eagles and and the Bears. Who do you have? Who do you have tonight? Oh. <laughs> Uh, put me on the spot there. Look, my heart obviously says the Bears. Right. Um, and I, I was having a, a Twitter discussion with a, a guy that lives down here. He's an Eagles fan. And um, it, it's it's a tough game to call. It um, is. You know, the fan in me says the Bears are going to win. Um, but but my head is, is really torn. It's a really difficult game. The key to it, I think, is how the Bears' offense goes against the Eagles' defense. The, the Eagles' offense doesn't worry me quite so much. Um, but it, but it's that defense that probably worries me a little bit more. Um, the Bears at home, the Bears are, uh, are generally very good on Monday night. I think they're sort of like ten and two. In a oh wow! Okay. Monday night games. So, um, and, and Cutler always plays really well. So, um, so look, I, I think the Bears might just pull out a, a very close game. Um, in all honesty, you know, we, like I said, we, we, we're generally very good on Monday night uh, games over the last sort of few years or so. So. I think that can continue. I'm, ugh, I'm not totally convinced, but I think we can pull out. I think we can pull out a close one, but oh, yeah, t- tough one to call. Well, it, it's definitely going to be a good game, I think, and I'm anxious to see, you know, how um, how the Bears team stack up against the Eagles, which you know, I'm, I've been so far. You know, again, it's early. But Carson Wentz, you know, his first game, not not too shabby at all. So um, I'm excited about that. Let's get to some uh, week three picks, though. And, and we'll start with the big, the first big game, the Thursday night game, Texans and Patriots. Tough loss for the Patriots, losing Jimmy Garoppolo uh, for at least a couple of weeks. And I don't even – I had not even heard – of of their third stringer, and it sounds like uh, Julian Edelman's going to be their second, their backup quarterback. That's not ideal. No, it's crazy. They they've obviously got the rookie uh, Jacoby Brissett came in, you know, this week, and he looks like he's going to get the start. Um, I've written down here. Um, I've, I've written down that I'm picking the Patriots, but ah, oh, I just. I'm just not sure. I know the Patriots are at home, but the Texans have looked really good so far this year. Not too um, bad. Yeah, and and if the Patriots can't get any, you know, if Reset can't at least sort of be that sort of game manager um, that maybe he he needs to be, um, I think the Texans might just 
pulled this out of the bag, and mm-hmm. I think I'm going to change my pick. I think the Texans might just win a close one in this. I, Texans have looked really good. Their offense is a lot faster than it was. You know, obviously they've mm-hmm. got Lamar Miller, right? Uh, uh, Will Fuller looks Will Fuller, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of speed as well. Um, the defense, uh, the, the Texans defense looks good. I, oh, I, I, I think I'm going to go with the Texans on that one. Yeah, I think that I would um, tend to agree on, on that one, Texans. Um, you know, particularly with the the short week for the Patriots and getting their young quarterback ready is, I think, going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, going to be um, very hard. Your old team, uh, this is a big rivalry game. I have to ask you, Giants, Redskins, who you got? Uh, I had the Giants on this one. Um, I, I feel like I'm not really too impressed with the Redskins defense so far. The Giants defense has looked really good these last two weeks. Um, I've been really impressed with the Giants defense, and and I think they can I think they can shut down the Redskins uh, offense. And then when you flip it on the other side of the ball, I, I don't think the Redskins defense has got enough to um, you know to sort of shut down the Giants offense. I think they can move the ball on them. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I like the Giants' defense. It looks really good well. so far. Mm-hmm. Looks, they look real, real good. Shut down the Cowboys' running game in week one, and, and yesterday a lot of people thought the Saints would rack up 30-plus points, but obviously they didn't. Um, so I like the Giants' defense. I think they're going to win that game. The Redskins have struggled more than I expected. It, I think, is going to be uh, a good benchmark game for for both of those teams. Ravens, Jaguars, Ravens coming off their big win. Yes, oh, this was a tough one too. But I I think the Jaguars are going to pick up their um, I think they pick up their first win. They need uh, to. They they really really need to because you know in the off season there's a lot of talk about the Jaguars and mm-hmm. how they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they obviously drafted well and the free agency signings they come in and. You know, you look at that Jaguars team, and they might be the most talented team on paper in the AFC yeah, South. Exactly. Um, and and to to sort of go zero and two is is um, slightly surprising actually, but I think they're at home. Um, you know, the Ravens had a nice win in had a nice win yesterday coming back uh, to beat the Browns, um, who, who 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 went out really really quick against them. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with Jaguars at home. I think they'll pick up the first win. Um, and um, hopefully they can get better as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, if Gus Bradley wants to keep his job, I think they need to pick up a win pretty, sure. <laughs> pretty, pretty soon. Um, yeah, and I think, in, in fairness to the Jaguars, uh, you know, sort of organization, they've been very patient with him. But, yeah. You know, at, at which but point time. they look, mm-hmm. we've given you your chances. We've we've been patient with you, and it's not working. So yeah. they really need to win that game, and I think they'll I think they'll pull it out. Yeah. Speaking of Browns, Browns Dolphins. Um, this was a slightly easier one for me. The Dolphins, I believe, at home. From yes, I remember right. Um, I think the Dolphins will win. The, the, the Browns, you know, they've got no RG three. Josh McCown's out, so Cody Kessler's coming in and yep. starting in that game. I think that was announced a few hours ago. It was mm-hmm. um, the Dolphins? You know, Dolphins defense has, hasn't looked too bad um, to start the year, and I think they'll they'll really look to unsettle Kessler early, and I think they'll do that. Um, and the and sorry the, the Dolphins uh, the Dolphins offense should be able to to move the ball fairly well so um, taking the Dolphins at home yeah I, I agree with that one too Lions Packers this should be a good cure for the Packers offensive woes with the Lions having all the injuries they have had yeah and I think that's why I think that's why the Packers win um, they're at Lambeau so 
always very difficult to beat mm-hmm. there. But um, you know, not, I, you know, I don't think they'll win easy. Um, you know, divisional games are always going to be tough. But mm-hmm. I think the Packers will come out. You know, and they're not going to want to lose another divisional game if they're wanting to, you know, to win that NFC North. So um, I think the Packers will be able to to sort of right some wrongs a little bit during the week. And yeah, um, yeah I, I pick them to win. Yeah, I agree with that too. Vikings and Panthers. This should be a good game. <laughs> this, I, I think, this for me is the game of the week. This is going to be um, looking this on paper and think, my goodness, who do you pick? Um, this should be a slobber knocker, what we call a slobber knocker. <laughs> I think I've heard that before. Um, <laughs> I think I've heard that same before in my in yeah. my travels over there um, when I was a little bit younger. But such a tough game. You know, these two teams are two of the sort of probably two of the better teams in the NFC. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, I've picked the Panthers to win this one. Um, I think the Panthers are at home. Um, they are. Yeah, I think the defense, uh, their, their defense is 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 up there as one of the best with the Vikings as well. But mm-hmm. you know, I think the difference in this game is is going to be Cam Newton, um, you know, in this game, and the Vikings, you know, they won't have Adrian Peterson. So mm-hmm. you know, can they get any sort of running game against the yeah. Panthers defense? And if they can't, um, you know, Bradford's going to be forced to sling it around, and and, yep. and he did well against the Packers defense. That, that's for sure. I'm not taking anything away there, mm-hmm. but. But this is a different defense. Yeah, it's a different defense. Um, you know, and the, and the Panthers look so good. So yeah. um, I, I think the Panthers will win, but they're not going to win easy because that Vikings team is good. This is the one I'm going to disagree. This is the first one. Um, right. I, I, although I don't know. I think the Ravens are going to beat the Jaguars. But um, but I, I think the, the Vikings are going to win this one. The Panthers are... Um, they're just not the same this year. Uh, I picked them to win the Super Bowl this year in, in our ITP um, picks, and they are. Uh, I'm regretting that that pick already. I think the Vikings are going to win a tough game on the road. All so, right. Well, yeah. we'll see. That'll be fun we'll to. Uh, I'll be Definitely. fun to watch. Uh, watch how that plays out. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have some bands on. Too All right. Real, real quick, we'll run through the rest of them. I don't want to keep you too too long. Broncos, Bengals. Um, this this game is another really good matchup. Yeah, it is. I um I picked the Broncos in this one. Um, I think they'll I think they'll just get over the hurdle. You know, Simeon's looked okay. I think he's looked fairly well. Yeah. Broncos are running the ball really well too the last couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Booker looked good against the Colts, uh, rookie out of Utah. So, yeah. um, I think the Broncos will win that one. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that too. Cardinals Bills. Uh, easy one for me. I picked the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, the Bills are a mess. They fired their offensive coordinator, um, yeah. which, you you know, you can nitpick anybody. I I still like Greg um, Roman. I still think that what he's been able to do with um, young, inexperienced quarterbacks is, is pretty amazing. And I regret it for Tyrod Taylor. I, I hope that mm-hmm. um, he'll get the patience. It, it does not – Bode well, I don't think though for for that offense. I, I agree. Cardinals, Raiders, Titans. Ah, this one I took a little while to think about. Did you? Think, okay. <laughs> now look, I, I did go with the Titans in the end. I think the the, the Raiders have given up a lot of yards on yeah. defense. Um, 
which actually kind of surprises me. Um, and I think the Titans, I think the Titans offense can take advantage of that. And um, I think they'll, I think they'll just do enough. I think that um, this, these two teams have played each other a lot lately, and um, it's always been a close game. And I think that um, possibly having the home field advantage might prove to be. Um, you know, good for the Titans. It hasn't been that way in a while, but you know they coming off the big win. So I, I, I pick the Titans on that one as well. We'll see how that turns out. Rams, Buccaneers. Um, I think the Bucks will win that game. Um, the, the the Rams obviously beat the Seahawks, but but they always play the Seahawks yeah. tough. And they they do. They've won like Every time. eight. It's strange. Six of the last eight or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And, Crazy. Um, it's, it's really strange because the Rams play anybody else, and um, you know they're, they're generally not not that good. But yeah. as soon as they play the Seahawks, it's like they become the, the Denver Broncos on the England Patriots yeah. or something like that. It's so, crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's really crazy. But I, I I think the Bucks will win that. I think the the Bucks are a lot of a you know, much better team. Obviously, they got blown out by the Cardinals, but but they'll come back again this week and um, they'll win a close one there. Yeah. Could be low scoring. Yeah, it's going to be a, a fun game to watch, I think. it's You know, you're right, it's so interesting because the Rams will get blown out by the, I think, like last year, maybe the year before that, by the Cardinals. They got blown out by the Cardinals and then turned around and, and you know, beat the, beat the Seahawks. It was pretty, and I think that might have been the Seahawks Super Bowl year. Anyway, it was it was pretty amazing. Obviously, we're in the three o'clock games now. Forty Nine ers Seahawks. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, I am too. They're, you know, they've had a bit of a rivalry that's really built up over the last probably five years or so. Um, I've picked the Seahawks in this one. The Seahawks are at home, and you yeah. know, not many, not many teams beat them at home. Um, Very you know, tough venue. Yeah, and the Forty Niners, they they just won't have any. They just won't have enough offensively to. Um, you know, to to beat the Seahawks, but uh, again, the Seahawks' offense has been really off. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I think the Seahawks can still win that game. I think it'll be a close game. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. if the Forty Niners turn to Colin Kaepernick. I think we've seen what Blaine Blaine Gabbert is, who we thought he was, and um, mm. so that's kind of a storyline maybe to watch. Steelers, Eagles. I picked the Steelers to win the division, and so far I'm looking good on that one. Yeah, I've got the Steelers too. Um, I, I think they'll win the AFC North, um, just over the Bengals. But um, yeah, Steelers to win this game. I mean, obviously we're, we're about to see the Eagles in a in about an hour or so, so right. we'll be interested to see how they perform there. Yep. And um, you know, it could change my mind, but um, I, I'm still pretty confident the Steelers can can win that one. It's a bit of a Pennsylvania um, yeah, rivalry <laughs> going on yeah. there. So. It'd be a good game, but um, yeah, I think the Steelers. I think the Steelers can do enough um, on offense to win. I agree on that one too. Jets, Chiefs. How how you looking at this one? Um, I went for the Chiefs. Um, this one could go either way. It wouldn't surprise me if the Jets win. I mean, they were great against the Bills, and the Jets' defense, defensive line in particular, it's really good. Um, the Chiefs are at home. And, yep. You know the Chiefs had a good good week good win week in sorry good win in week one. Yeah. Um, come back. A lot of offense. Just, yeah, they just lost to they just lost to the Texans. Uh, you know this week, but I think Jamal Charles is back for that game. So um, you know that'll that'll be a good uh, boost for them and their offense. But their offense is doing okay. So I think 
Uh, I think the Chiefs can just win that. They're at home as well, so yeah. it could be a close one. You're liking the home teams this, this next week. I like it. Yeah, I, <laughs> it seems like <laughs> I am. Too. Chargers, Colts? Um, I've gone Chargers here. Um, uh-huh. I, I know that um, you know that Danny Woodhead has just been revealed yeah. torn his ACL, which is so oh, sad. Gutted. Yeah, absolutely gutted, especially after losing Keenan Allen last week. But um, I like the Chargers here. I think their offense will just—it's just too much for the Colts' defense, which is kind of non-existent. Really. Yeah. Um, the Colts uh, are really bad right now. Yeah, I—I I, I was just actually just earlier watching them against the, the Broncos and. Um, uh, they looked okay, they didn't look too bad, but um, I think the Chargers' offense, even without Woodhead and Allen, um, I still think they'll have too much for the Colts. I don't want know what to make of the Chargers this year. They look terrible in the preseason, not all that great in in week one. Uh, I, I'm going to pick the Colts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the home team on that one, but it would not shock me at all if the Chargers didn't win that one. All right, now this this is another really, really good game. Bears-Cowboys. Yeah, it's... Oh, man, this is... <laughs> pulling up the heartstrings here. Um, <laughs> no, right? Yeah, I, I think that's the Sunday night game. It is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in Dallas, so... It is in uh, Dallas. Jerry World. Yeah, I I think the Cowboys are going to win. Oh, I hate to say it, but, um, you know, again, the Cowboys are at home. The Bears, I like what the Bears could do to their defense, the Cowboys' defense. I think they can move the ball on that Cowboys' defense. Um, the, the thing that worries me about in, this, in this game is, you know, can the Bears get pressure, mm-hmm. um, you know, to Prescott? Can they right. stop the run? I don't think they're going to be able to do enough. I really hope they do, obviously. But um, I'm just, I'm not confident in this game. And, um, you know, while I think they can beat the Eagles, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll beat the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys will will edge that one. But hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong on that. Dak Prescott looking good so far. Ezekiel Elliott um, benched because of the fumbles. We'll see. Uh, if they can offensively, you know, it's been a little bit of an up-and-down thing for them. Des Bryant uh, finally getting involved in this past game. I, I agree. I, I tend to think the Cowboys will win that one, too. And the final game, the Monday night football game, um, which is another big division, divisional rivalry, Falcons-Saints. I love these Falcons-Saints games. Um, they are always pretty good, aren't they? Oh. And they and they, they generally can be quite high scoring too. So, um, you know, this this could uh, this could potentially be a shootout. But um, but I've gone for the Falcons. I think they'll uh, I think they'll pull this out. I think they've won the last couple. I think I have to look that up. But um, I, I think the Falcons are doing enough. The, the Saints, um, you know, the Saints have lost some close. You know, the last yeah. two weeks they've lost a couple of close games, and they they've really been in those games. Um, and I'm I'm going to tip the Falcons. Um, there's something there's something telling me that the Falcons' offense um, will, will torch the Saints, and I think um, I think that'll be enough for them. But again, it wouldn't. This is one game that wouldn't surprise me if it went the other way. Yeah. Um, of all the games this week, it, it wouldn't surprise me that much if the Saints won. But I'm I'm just going to go with the Falcons. But we'll see. I I agree with that. I I really. For Drew Brees' sake, I really kind of hope that they win, you know. Mm, yeah. um, it, the, the the Pied Piper is coming for the New Orleans Saints, uh, <laughs> infamously with their cap issues. And 
uh, I would, yeah, it's always hard to see the greats, you know, have that kind of situation at, at, toward the end of, of their careers. And I'd like mm-hmm. to see Drew Brees win that one. We'll see. Great stuff, Justin. I re- I've kept you too long. I really enjoyed it. Tell everybody out there, again, who you are, where they can find your work, and where they can find you on social media. Okay, so, um, yep, as Sharon has pointed out, I'm uh, writing for Inside the Pylon, um, generally sort of covering the NFC North, but I'll be doing some uh, some wide receiver scouting as well as the college season gets you know, sort of gets into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very active on Twitter, at Justin1278. So you can find me there. Give me a follow. I, I'd like to sort of uh, get into some conversations with fans and, and other people. Um, and, and enjoy the interactions on Twitter. So follow me there. Um, obviously, inside the pylon.com, uh, there's my work, obviously, Sharona's work, and uh, a lot of other great work there, too. So go and check that out as well if you can. Yeah, definitely a lot of great work being done at, at Inside the Pylon. Thanks again, Justin. Good luck to your Bears tonight. Oh, thanks, Sharona. Here's, uh, here's hoping I'll be. Uh, uh, fingers crossed, and um, yeah, I think we can put out a close one. I think hopefully. so, too. I'll be watching it with you. Have a great evening. <laughs> Shout out to Justin Twelve for joining me in that segment. A little bit of a long segment talking about the Vikings. The Packers, we covered a lot of territory, plus your week three picks. Unfortunately, Justin and I were far too optimistic about the Bears on on Monday Night Football. Bears are in in an interesting situation. Uh, Jay Cutler, air quote, injured. Um, It's always interesting to me when a quarterback who's struggling and has issues like Jay Cutler does – it leaves a game because of a serious um, in, in injury like that. So uh, the Bears kind of bear watching, I think, right now with um, with their situation. And uh, great stuff from Justin, by the way, about the Vikings and the Packers. And uh, he likes what the Titans are doing. We like to hear that, Justin. So uh, there's a lot of great work being done over at Inside the Pylon. You should definitely check it out, check Justin's work out, as well as everyone else who who writes for the website. I'm proud to be associated uh, with it and with the, the fine work that they do. And if you haven't had an opportunity to check it out, I've been uh, taking a look at the Titans offense, Marcus Mariota, his special chemistry with rookie wide receiver Tajay Sharp. Uh, we looked at Jace Amaro. I think it's probably time for the Titans to get him involved in their offense. They've got to open things up in the passing game. They need, you know, they need some guys who can help stretch the field a little bit. Uh, we'll be taking a look at Andre Johnson here. Um, yeah, and maybe in, in a week or so, we might do a video um, video chat on that. So stay tuned in to my Twitter feed for details on it. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Sports by Sharona. We'll take another quick break, and then when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the latest. There, Yesterday was kind of a banner day. Um, this is not good, by the way, with um, six, um, six reported 
killings by police officers, uh, two of which we're going to discuss in a little bit more detail. The first one, um, the one being the 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 murder, basically, in, in Tulsa, and the other one being the, the North Carolina situation and, and the protests that arose because of that. We're also going to talk a little bit about Brad. It's finally happened, you guys. Brad and Angelina have split. There's a lot of good gossip associated with that. We'll talk about that a little bit. We're going to have some fun. And by the way, hey, Jennifer Aniston won, so stay tuned in. You are listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. All right, welcome back. You're tuned in and listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. I am your host. My name is Sharona. As always, I thank you for tuning in. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. We'll be back on Friday with another podcast. I'll be doing my, hopefully be doing my regular weekly sit down with Matt Wood. We did that last week, but unfortunately we had some technical issues. We weren't able to to, to play that that interview. We'll have your fantasy football fix. Uh, for for that podcast as well, some uh, big injuries. I, I should mention since Justin and I had our discussion, it came out today. In fact, while the podcast was playing this morning, that Adrian Peterson is going to have surgery. He's going to be out. He'll probably miss the season. I, I just don't see any way he's going to be able to come back. It's a three to four month uh, recovery period. Uh, what will the Vikings do? I, I think that the, they'd be wise to shut him down. We'll see what um, what they end up doing. Uh, Amir Abdullah being placed on on injured reserve and another interesting situation. The Vikings put um, one of their offensive linemen on on injured reserve. Wow, they're just being bit by that injury bug. That's that's unfortunate um, to see that. I hate to see injuries. Um, you guys put so much time and effort into you know, preparing and training and, you know, injuries are just an unfortunate byproduct of of the sport that we love, you know, of all the sports that we love. Hey, by the way, uh, we're going to, I've read an interesting article at Vice Sports yesterday. I mean, I need to put this on the list of things that we're going to talk about. And if you read my writing and you follow um, this show, you know that we talk about this a lot. I, a long, long, long time ago, used to think that drug testing um, was the thing, and I underwent a conversion, and no longer. I think it's hypocritical. And so I read a very interesting article at Vice Sports about basically agreeing with me, and some big names have come out um, and and agreed with it as well. So we'll, we're going to add that to um, to what we're going to talk about over the next um, several weeks. I think it's. Um, it's interesting, especially when you see that um, you know, there's so many injuries right now. And if, you know, I don't know why we're so hypocritical about it, and especially about weed and marijuana. There's some, some good research out there indicating that it can help as well. But let, let's go ahead and turn our attention um, to these latest killings. It, you know, it, we're, we're living in. In very troubling times, um, the first incident coming out of, of Tulsa, 
Oklahoma, Terrence Crutcher. He was 40 years old, uh, unarmed, and was shot by uh, a Tulsa police officer. Her name is Betty Shelby. And um, the video of that is very disturbing. It's um, it's very disturbing is is the best way that I can put that. If if you watch it and you don't see that we have a problem here in this country, um, I, I don't know that I can help you. We have got to do a better job of of holding police officers accountable who who do these things and. Um, you know, maybe it, a lot is, is made about this fact, and you know, maybe it is time that you know, if if you're involved in in the shooting of an unarmed civilian, you know, maybe you don't get paid leave. There has to be some incentive to be better about it. Um, you know, I mean, beyond the fact that they n- never, hardly ever get into any legal trouble with it and when we were starting to see you know maybe some changes there maybe not but you know beyond the fact that they're not held accountable um you know by our justice system how bad is it that they get paid leave i mean i think that it's time that we change that um it's time that we you know there has to be a way to to make it less of you know less of a an issue, and we got to start somewhere. You know, body cams, uh, dash cams are are a good step, I think. Um, and they're not perfect. There is it's going to take a lot of different things um, coming together to make you know to to make it um, you know to make it a better situation then we we have the the other situation that I want to talk about and that is the Keith Lamont Scott um situation in Charlotte North Carolina there were a lot of protests last night it turned um turned ugly there were some injuries uh Scott was a was also a black male um I, I'm not seeing the report that I'm looking at isn't telling me how old he is we'll have to find that um but he was also um, unarmed. According to his sister, he was disabled, and he was reading a book while he was waiting for his son's school bus. The police were on the scene for an unrelated thing, and they shot and killed him. And um, the beyond that, that's bad enough. And then beyond that, and this you see this so much. Um, it, this is another thing that we've absolutely got to got to figure out how we can change this. But um, you know, they tried to say that he did have a gun and tried to you know giving false information. And in a lot of cases, I, I meant to look up this report. There there was a report a few days ago um, about the planning of evidence in order to justify uh, a. a um, uh, a violent incident between police and and the citizen that um that was I can't remember whether this was a woman I can't remember whether she died or not but you know it's um there's got to be 
better accountability. And, and listen, not all cops are bad. Not all police officer, officers are bad. There are good people. There are good and bad in everything. And and not all police officers are bad. But we've got to do about do something about the ones that are bad. You know. Uh, and and this is even more interesting. Um, the Massachusetts. Supreme Court came out this week and said the high court ruled that it's completely reasonable for black men to feel threatened by the police and for them to flee. That's from one of our state's highest courts. And that tells you a lot that, um, you know, that a high court would come out and say, listen, look, you know, Black men are getting unarmed. Black men are being murdered every day, and it's by police officers. And it's reasonable for them to fear for their lives. What kind of statement does that say about this country? I think it says something horrible about this country. But beyond that, um, and and before we even get to the second part of, of what, and that's the failure to to render aid, which we've talked about on this show before. Uh, the Washington Post, if you don't follow Wesley Lowry, you should, of the Washington Post, um, doing fantastic work there. Um, over the summer came out with, I was reminded of this as I was researching for today's show, uh, unarmed police killings are on the rise in this country. And this was just through July I don't know what the latest numbers are. Here we are, September 21st, so I guess the first day of fall. Um, here we are, you know, three, roughly three months later, and where are we now? You know, where are we now in terms of, of the, the high numbers? There were six, six in one day alone yesterday. How is that acceptable? It's not acceptable. We've got to do something. Um the the failure to render aid thing to me is um i don't want to say it's as telling as the um the killing itself but it certainly tells you a lot how someone talks about and looks at victims tells you a lot about their makeup and their their psychological um status mental status and what they think about um, you know what they think about the victim, and when when someone dehumanizes a victim, whether it's a victim of a shooting, whether it's a victim of a rape, whether it's a victim of any sort of violence, um, when they dehum- dehumanize them, that says that they don't value them as a person, and that's what we're seeing a lot of times, overwhelmingly seeing. A lot of times in these police shootings is that these officers don't even render aid. And that's unacceptable. To me, that's an easy one. You know, maybe you can parse and, you know, ask questions about the shooting itself. But the failure to render aid, that tells you everything you need to know about that officer's mental status. They don't see that person as a human. Because they would render aid to a dog. I I guarantee you if they ran over a dog, they'd render aid. You know they would. But they won't render aid to someone they shoot? That's a problem. That's a real issue. We've got to do something about that. We can't let that. There has to be something separate and apart 
from the process that says, okay, here we have the incident that led to this shooting. That's one thing. But what you do after is another thing, and we're going to look at that too, or we're not going to have any sort of accountability. That has to be a separate thing that we look at. It has to be a separate thing that is the subject of possible disciplinary action. Cannot be considered, to me, it cannot be considered as part of the the original thing. Otherwise, we're going to continue to see unarmed civilians shot by police die when, when they don't need to. And that's separate from from whether or not the shooting was justified, and in a lot of cases it's not. But the failure to render aid is a big deal too, and we can't ignore that. You know, we can't ignore that. We have to do something about that. And um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Lecrae, who is a um, a rapper and a musician, he had a very interesting tweet and. It was um, yesterday, a few days ago, talking about you know the the this was after the the Tulsa shooting, and um, it was talking about Colin Kaepernick and and his um, if you want to call it protest, his um, desire to see change, and he said, "Take a knee, people riot. Take a bullet, people quiet." And to me, you know, that was pretty profound. Because there's so much truth there, you know. People all, everyone upset, you know, because Colin Kaepernick took a knee. Um, not upset about the message, you know, that these unjustifiable killings are going on, still going on. So they're still happening. Where's the outrage over that? No, people are mad because you know Colin Kaepernick um, is is kneeling. It. It's really pretty interesting. Um, we've got to do better. It's we 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 live in we live in troubling times, and if we don't do better, um, you know things are, are they're just they're never going to change. All right, so we'll take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, the um, the situation there. So stay tuned in. You're listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. All right, welcome back. You're tuned in and listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. I am your host. My name is Sharona. As always, I thank you for tuning in. Big news in the entertainment industry yesterday, this week. There have been reports. Um, I, I don't read tabloid magazines, but as I'm standing in in the line at the grocery store or you know, or at the Walmart or Target or where, wherever I happen to be, I'll I'll peruse the headlines just to see you know who's you know currently communing with aliens and and, and all of that and there have been reports for um, for a while now and these actually go back for a couple of years but reports have increased over the past few months about 
uh, the Pitt Joe Lee relationship being in trouble and uh, a lot of professed reasons for that. Once a cheater, always a cheater. And, um, you know, uh, I, I like Angelina Jolie. I, I've enjoyed many of her movies. I think that, um, you know, she's socially conscious and, and is concerned about, you know, she's been involved in the refugee crisis. She's been involved in a lot of things and infamously very public about you know, her um, family history of cancer and had the mastectomy, double mastectomy, and then had her ovaries removed. You know, she does a lot of good things. Um, but, you know, when when it comes to that relationship, you know, it began on the set of, uh, what was that movie? Uh, the, the Smiths, the, the, the um, buddy, kind of buddy 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 movie they were both um assassins and um you know there were a lot of rumors on that set you know that they were uh, romantically involved and um there's a a lot of denial going on there but i think everybody pretty much knows that they were having an affair on the set of of that movie i'm going to look it up and see if i can't find that movie because now i can't remember the name of it that bothers me but yeah you know um and now there are a lot of rumors that he was you know cheating on her uh, with his one if not both of his co-stars co-workers in the latest movie um and and i mean it's hard to be surprised about that right because you know if i mean if, if he'll do it to jennifer aniston you know he'll he'll do it to angelina jolie and um it would not surprise me to know that mr and mrs smith that is the name of that movie uh, mr and mrs smith no, so it would not surprise it wouldn't surprise me to to know that Brad Pitt is a serial uh cheater. I mean that's you know and I'm not knocking that. Hey, listen, um it monogamy is an interesting thing and you know, it it's hard. I think monogamy is very hard. And um you know, maybe look at Well and Jada Smith, you know, maybe they've got it right. Reportedly, they have an open marriage, and um, that seems to work for them. They certainly have had. There have been rumors about their relationship as well, but they've certainly uh, survived. Um, their marriage has survived for a long time for for some reason. But monogamy is hard, and um, uh, there's a lot of you know incentive for um, for that type of behavior on movie sets, and it this doesn't just happen with movie stars you've ever worked in any um corporate environment it i mean it 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 takes place there too you know i mean people hook up and um you know sex is fun and good and you know it just happens you know but um but i wouldn't be surprised there are also some interesting rumors maybe that there was some drug use some drug abuse i saw some pictures of Brad Pitt as i saw, as i ran across this this report these articles yesterday I saw some pictures of of Brad Pitt he looks rough he does look like he looks like to me he looks like someone who has been partying extremely hard um and you know so I don't know I guess we'll we'll find out 
about that too. But um, you know, I, I'm sure that we're going to be subject to a lot of very interesting gossip over the course of of the next um, next few months regarding that. I hope that they keep things, you know, um, as um, civilized as possible. They have a lot of kids, um, both natural and adopted, and you know, try and think of the kids. It sounds like Angelina Jolie wants complete physical custody, not not to let him have joint physical custody. I'm not sure what's up with that. And Brad Pitt says he's going to fight for that. There's some reports that she didn't care much for his parental practices. Um, you know, hopefully they'll keep what's best for the children in mind. That should be what what um, one of the one of the reasons why. I, uh, early on when I was practicing law, I quit doing domestic work was because uh, far too often the parents wanted to use their kids as ammunition in their war between one another, and um, it was just so disturbing. Hopefully they won't do that. All right, so that's it for today. We'll we'll break off a little bit early. We'll be back on Friday with another podcast, again, chopping it up with, with Matt uh, we'll sit down with Matt tonight, and I'm not sure exactly what we're going to talk about. Getting ready to take a look at a couple of different things. We'll see what's going on with that. We'll have your fantasy football fix, some updates on all these injuries, and who you might want to look at on the waiver wire. So stay tuned in for that. Have a very, very great rest of your Wednesday, and we'll be back on Friday. You've been listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports by Sharona. And check out my work at Inside the Pylon, as well as NFL Female and Pro Player Insiders. And have a great day. Mm